0: Welcome to Dentist's Puns and Money. I'm your host, Sean Terrell. In this episode, we will dive into Roth conversions and six reasons why it might make sense for a dentist to convert at least part of their traditional IRA or 401k profit-sharing account into a Roth IRA. What are the tax implications of doing that, both short-term and long-term? How might that affect the taxation of Social Security? And how might a Roth conversion affect Medicare premiums that you pay in the future? Those are just some of the considerations we'll discuss in this episode. As a reminder, our affiliated firm Dentist Exit Planning helps dentists nearing clinical retirement reduce their lifetime tax bill and replace their practice income so they don't have to compromise on the lifestyle they love. If you are interested in financial guidance on your exit from dentistry, schedule an initial consultation with us on our website, which is DentistExit.com. And with that introduction, let's dive into Roth conversions. So before diving into the six reasons why it might make sense for a dentist to consider making a Roth conversion, it's probably helpful to start with some background about IRAs in general, so everyone has some context to get started. So there are tax implications with every investment account that a dentist can use, which is why we incorporate tax planning into the work that we do. It only makes sense to talk about investments in conjunction with the tax implications of said investments. After all, we want to use strategy and planning techniques for you, the dentist, to pay the least amount of tax possible over your lifetime, even if that means you pay a little bit more in tax in any given year. For the purposes of our conversation here, we are talking about taking a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k or any tax deferred account that is pre-tax money, meaning that it has not yet been taxed, and then converting a portion of that account to a Roth IRA. So that portion is then taxed at ordinary income tax rates in the year that the conversion occurs. And following the conversion to a Roth IRA, the converted amount will not be taxed ever again. And what's more, the growth on that converted amount should not ever be subject to taxation ever again. The second point that's worth mentioning, while there are restrictions about someone's income that have to be taken into consideration when contributing to a Roth IRA, and there are restrictions on how much can be contributed to a Roth IRA each year, no matter someone's income, There are virtually no restrictions about who can do a Roth conversion and when someone can do a Roth conversion. So, just to be clear, big difference between Roth contributions and Roth conversions. With a Roth conversion, anyone can do one at any time for any amount, provided the person completing the conversion has the money to pay the tax that will become due by virtue of that conversion. So, as an example, if you convert $100,000 of your traditional IRA or 401k to a Roth IRA in any given year, you are effectively increasing your taxable income by $100,000 for that same year. So, whatever tax is owed by virtue of that $100,000 conversion, you must be able to pay that tax either by withdrawing additional money out of the account to recover the tax due or to cover the tax due and then netting it down to $100,000, or by paying the tax due out of a taxable investment account, a separate account, or a separate taxable savings account. The latter two options there, taxable investment account or taxable savings account, are preferred uh, as the use of the source to pay the tax that will be due on that conversion to a Roth IRA. So, with that information out of the way, reason number one a dentist should consider a Roth conversion, and this is a little bit heavy on numbers, but bear with me. The first reason to consider a Roth conversion is that taxes are going to be higher in the future than they are right now. We know taxes will be higher starting in 2026 than they will be in 2022, 2023, 2024, and 2025. At the end of 2025, The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is scheduled to sunset or expire. And with that, what is now the 12% tax bracket will become the 15% tax bracket. What is now the 22% tax bracket will become the 25% tax bracket. And what is now the 24% tax bracket will become the 28% tax bracket. So if you do the math on that, while we don't yet know the exact income levels that will make up those 15, 25, and 28% tax brackets. We do know that if you use 2022 tax brackets, it's an $11,000 tax difference between what someone would pay at the top of the 24% tax bracket in total taxes today versus what they would pay in 2026 when that bracket gets taxed at 28%. Again, a little bit of a moving target, but we know enough to know that converting pre-tax accounts to Roth accounts now versus delaying the tax on those accounts until later will result in significant tax savings. Reason number two to consider a Roth conversion is to lower your required minimum distributions for later. The benefit of contributing to a tax-deferred account like an IRA or a 401k profit-sharing plan is that you don't have to pay the taxes on that income that you've deferred or will defer into that account. You don't have to pay the income tax during the year that you make that contribution. The catch is that the IRS will not let you kick the can on paying that tax forever. The IRS has a provision called Required Minimum Distributions. Often abbreviated to RMD. And that forces people to start taking money out of those tax deferred accounts and thus pay taxes on those accounts. And currently, the latest that someone can wait to start taking required minimum distributions or RMDs is the year that they turn 72 years old. Now, there's been proposed legislation about pushing that age back to 74 or 75. So the RMD age may get raised at some point. But the point is, RMDs are likely never going away. And the penalty for not taking a required minimum distribution is 50% of whatever the RMD was supposed to be. So if your required minimum distribution was supposed to be $100,000 in any given year, and you fail to take at least that amount out as an account distribution, you owe the IRS $50,000 as a penalty. So that's pretty steep. And so it pays to have a game plan for RMDs well before you reach the age that you have to take them. The issue is that required minimum distributions will likely increase as you age. So that means you are required to withdraw more and more money from your pre-tax, deferred tax accounts each year in retirement. That might not be the worst thing in the world, but over time, it gives you less and less control over your ability to control your taxable income each and every year in retirement. And that's important because your taxable income in retirement from pre-tax accounts will affect the taxation or cost of other areas of your life in retirement, such as Social Security and Medicare Part B. So let's dive into that. So reason number three to consider a Roth conversion, to reduce the amount of Social Security that is taxable. And this is probably a topic that could be its own standalone podcast. How much income you have while drawing Social Security will impact how much of your Social Security and how much of that benefit you receive is taxable. It is possible that your entire Social Security benefit could be tax-free to you. It is also possible that 85% of your Social Security benefit will be taxable to you. To clarify, not taxed at 85%, but 85% of the Social Security benefit you receive could be subject to taxation. What determines if your Social Security benefit is taxable and to what level is your taxable income from other sources in retirement? So, if the income you were generating in retirement was from a tax free source like a Roth IRA, then it's possible some or all of your Social Security benefit could be completely tax free. Reason number four, very similar to reason number three. The amount of premium you will pay for Medicare Part B is based on your taxable income in retirement. So if you can position yourself where at least a good chunk of your retirement income is coming from a tax free source like a Roth IRA then the amount you pay monthly for Medicare Part B has the potential to be as low as possible. And that leads us to reason number five to consider a Roth conversion. And we've sort of alluded to this already, but it needs to be driven home. It's really beneficial to have tax diversification for your income sources in retirement. In other words, you're setting yourself up for failure if all or most of your income sources in retirement are subject to ordinary income taxes. Because chances are, throughout a 30-year retirement, you're going to need a large chunk of money at some point beyond your normal living expenses. Hopefully that chunk of money that you need is for something fun, like an RV or a down payment on a lake house, but it could also be for something not as fun, like a long-term care facility. Not fun to pay for, but it might be necessary. So if you need a chunk of money and don't have any choice but to get that chunk of money from a taxable source, you could be forced into a situation where your Medicare premiums are now much higher or social security benefits become taxable or more taxable than they needed to be. So having a big bucket full of tax-free money in retirement and converting into Roths along the way to get there, that's seldom going to be a bad thing. And reason number six to consider a Roth conversion would be for the benefit of your heirs. This might not matter to some people, but if you leave an IRA to a beneficiary other than your spouse, that beneficiary must distribute or take out all of that money out of the account within a 10 year period of your death. That goes for a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA that's inherited by someone other than your spouse. The difference is that with a traditional IRA, all of that money will be treated as taxable income to your beneficiary. So, if it's your kids and they're still in their working years earning good money, all of the proceeds from that traditional IRA that they inherit will be taxed in the highest tax bracket for them because it's going to be stacked on top of their income. However, if your kids receive the proceeds and it's from a Roth IRA, while they still must liquidate that account within a 10-year period, all of that additional income will be tax-free to them in most cases. Now, maybe you're thinking, my kids get what they get, even if it's taxable to them, it's still better than a kick in the shorts. Yeah, that's true. But if you really want to leave something behind and you want to maximize the value of what you leave behind by leaving the full amount tax-free then a Roth conversion with some strategy behind it will often reduce the amount of money that the IRS is gonna get out of that gift and keep as a gift for itself. So what's the best time to execute Roth conversions for a dentist? Great question. As a general rule of thumb, you want to execute Roth conversions when you believe or even know that your tax rate will be the same or higher in the future Than it would be or will be at the time you do the Roth conversion. So, to reiterate, if you think taxes are going to be the same for you or lower in the future, not a good time to do a conversion. If you think taxes will be the same or higher for you in the future, might be worth considering a Roth conversion. So, in a lot of instances, it's not going to make sense for a dentist to execute Roth conversions while you're still practicing and while you still own your practice. Those years are likely to be high income years where it probably makes sense to keep deferring as much income as you possibly can into an IRA or into your profit sharing plan associated with the practice. And if you own your practice and you're trying to get maximum value from the sale of that practice sometime in the near future, it likely would not make sense just to coast to the finish line and intentionally have lower income from your practice just to do Roth conversions. The net effect of that approach would likely be negative because you're gonna reduce the amount of dentistry you do so you can execute a tax saving strategy, but that could also reduce the overall value of your practice at sale. So the juice probably not worth the squeeze there. So an ideal dentist client that I work with is one that owns their own practice and is going hard to the finish line to maximize the sale value of that practice. In doing that, they're in a high or the highest tax bracket at the end of their career, and they might be deferring as much money as possible as a result of that into a 401k profit sharing plan or cash balance plan with the practice while they're still practicing. Hopefully, they've also been saving money into backdoor Roth IRAs, HSAs, and taxable accounts along the way. So they have other sources of income besides the 401k uh, profit sharing plan, cash balance plan, whatever it is, and maybe some IRAs. Then, in the years immediately after this hypothetical dentist sells their practice, and hopefully before tax rates increase in 2026, they are converting good chunks of pre tax money into the Roth IRA. They're delaying Social Security as long as possible to maximize the long-term benefit and giving themselves the best chance to lower the taxation on that. If possible, they might be living off their savings account for living expenses for a few years after selling the practice. And what's being distributed from pre-tax accounts and showing up on the tax return as income is actually being converted into Roth IRAs for income later. If possible, you could supplement with taxable investment accounts to cover the cost of living, but just be careful there not to generate a bunch of long-term capital gains in a 0% tax bracket. Then this hypothetical dentist gets to the age of 70, turns on social security then to max out the lifetime benefit of that, and has got a huge pile of tax-free money to generate income because they've converted a bunch of it into Roth IRAs. That will keep the taxes on Social Security as low as possible and keep Medicare premiums as low as possible as well. You still might have some money subject to required minimum distributions down the road, but that number is going to be much smaller than it would have been. And if you really want to get fancy, you could stuff more of that RMD pre-tax money into a QLAC annuity to push the RMD clock out all the way to age 85. And while you're still gonna have to pay taxes on the money, it's these type of strategies that go a long way in making sure you pay as little to the IRS as you are obligated to pay. Remember, you wanna pay the IRS what you owe, you are not required to leave them a tip. Make your lifetime tax bill in total as low as possible through strategy and planning, even if you have to pay more in taxes in any given year. So. There you have it. Six reasons why dentists should consider Roth conversions as part of their retirement income and tax planning strategy. I hope you found all of this information helpful. Thank you for listening to Dentist's Puns and Money, and we will talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to Dentist's Puns and Money. For more information about my day job, which is guiding dentists to their financial off-ramp from active practice, You can visit DentistExit.com and there you can find more information about us, sign up for our email newsletter, or schedule a discovery call with Sean. And that's me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And also please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. As for the boring legal stuff... Dentist Exit Planning and Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Dentist Exit Planning or Terrell Advisors LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only and past performance is not indicative of future results.